Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, the latest in everything rock music, news, reviews, and discussion. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Nick Chino, joined by my bandmate and co-host, Mr. Dave Marini. How's it going, Dave? Hey, everybody. How you doing, Nick? Hey, remember, before we get started, head down there, like this video, share this video, subscribe to our channel so you're up to date on everything that happens. Make sure you click the little bell so that you don't get lost and forget about us. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk about this week. It's been crazy. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing all right. Yeah, just uh, just hanging out. You know, it's Tuesday, so just kind of getting into the work week, and I'm already exhausted, but I'm excited to podcast. Oh, yeah, me too, man. I've been waiting all day, you know. I made a sandwich earlier, and I was like, uh, this is... I got to get my energy. I got to get my protein. Yeah, for sure. You got to get your sandwich energy for the show. And, um, you know, we, we, when we were off air before we started recording, we were talking about COVID-19 and how this madness is still continuing and everything sucks, uh, especially uh, in Ontario, Canada, where we live. Um, this is kind of off the top. We're not, you know, we have some more, uh, some more topics to talk about on the show today. But um, what are they saying that now in Ontario, um, venues and artists are no longer allowed to live stream concerts. So I, I think I read something. So, about that. Yeah. One of the new, one of the new lockdown, it's not new, actually, every time we go into like the high level of lockdown where <laughs> you can still go to Costco with 5,000 people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's just this new, uh, I'm not sure why they're doing it, but like they're shutting down the possibility of a venue holding a live streaming event. Mm -hmm. So if a band of four people wanted to socially distance with a camera and broadcast it to help uh, save the venue or to help make money for themselves as musicians, yeah. they're not able to do it. It's, it's legit against the law. So yeah. I'm not sure. It just seems like an emergency measure that doesn't really do any good. And I don't know why anyone would enforce such a, such a bizarre, like small timey thing. Like I but, know. You know, we're in, we're in weird times right now. Yeah, and I was reading that a lot of the venues are frustrated because they're trying to do anything they can to stay afloat, to keep music alive, live music going uh, in the pandemic. And here in Ontario, things have just, they've always been um, frustrating to say the least sure. when it comes to um, to how this thing's been handled in our province here in Canada. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is. Obviously, this isn't it because... You know, this is one of the ways that uh, these venues can stay alive and keep live music going. So I'm not too sure what they can do. It's very frustrating. Um, we, you know, we've talked about as a band that we want to do some sort of live stream as well, but we can't uh, because there's so many restrictions where we live. So it's been so difficult to, to even just make music right now. Yeah, I feel really bad. Like, I know, like, we know personally a lot of like club owners and bookers that are putting out extra money, like money they don't have already to you know, get new gear to be able to, to accommodate these types of events. And when, you know, every four months the carpet gets pulled back and you're already, I just, it, it doesn't seem right. I don't think it's like, it seems like kids are in school, but we can't socially distance a couple adults in a room with a, a musical act mm -hmm. to try to save a couple of businesses. I see, I don't see any logic in, in it at all. And I'm, and I'm all about, uh, taking care of everybody and making sure everybody's safe. But uh, I don't really think this is the same thing. This is like on another level of doesn't, doesn't make sense. You know? 
Yeah, the, the policies have been inconsistent. <laughs> it varied, to say the least. Yeah, so that, that's what's going on in our neck of the woods uh, in terms of rock music, live music, anything like that. Um, it's frustrating because we were talking off air that, you know, we've been making music ourselves and it's been so difficult to get in a room to do it together and, uh, you know, record or jam. And I miss jamming so much. Uh, obviously, you can do it at home. You can play solo, but it's nothing like getting together with, uh, with the guys and, you know, making music. Oh, buddy, I'm jonesing so hard. I can't even tell you. It's horrible. Yeah. A, any musician out there that that uh, collaborates with people on a regular basis and has has these restrictions and impose them out on them, it's just it's so frustrating. Like it's such a release for all of us, and uh, we love doing it so much. And it's like I can't even remember. It's been I don't. When was the last time we played a show? I don't even remember. Like last. It was 2019 when we played uh, What the Fest in Brantford in July of 2019. That was last like time we played a show. That's crazy. And we had yeah. we had stuff booked for all of last summer. And, and <laughs> you know, we're just, <laughs> we're, you know, we, we, we were making all the right moves. Yeah. So there were no moves to be made. So yeah. it's, it's super frustrating on that part, you know. Yeah. Well, but, the good uh, thing is that the, in general, uh, you know, us aside, uh, that a lot of musicians and bands and artists have still been releasing music. I'd say the, the pandemic has been good for creativity in general. Uh, oh, for sure. You know, we've been writing a lot on our own, but, you know, we're talking about big bands, big artists. They've still been putting out music and still been making it happen. So that's, I think, a little bit of a silver lining <laughs> for the pandemic. Yeah, there's lots of creativity. Lots high. of people are doing stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of, like there's tons of it coming out. So, that's yeah. good. Good for the fan. Like we're happy yeah. as fans. Just, yeah. If they didn't, we would have nothing to talk about on this show. Be rough, bro. Be rough. <laughs> be rough. But thankfully, uh, there are a bunch of things that we're going to talk about on the show today. So let's give you a rundown of the of the structure of the show. Uh, a little bit later on, we'll be giving you our tracks of the week. We've been listening to some stuff that we want you to know about. A couple of recommendations of some awesome rock songs that you should listen to. So that's coming up. And then we'll get to uh, this week's headliner topic, which is the big topic we're talking about this week, which is um, something that I've wanted to talk about. Uh, extensively since we started this podcast. It's only episode three, but this is something that I've really wanted to dive into. Uh, and that is the, the age old question, is rock dead? We'll get into that, Dave. I, I have some thoughts. I'm sure you do as well. But first, let's get into our opening act topics. We have three topics that are hitting the headlines uh, this year, uh, this week in rock music news. Um, and the first one is about Mr. Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, who just recently released their, their new album, Medicine at Midnight, which is already one of my favorite records of, uh, of 2021. Uh, and he's got a new book coming out. Uh, it's called The Storyteller. Uh, he's taking all these stories that he has from being a rock star over the years in bands like Scream and Nirvana, Foo Fighters, them Crooked Vultures. Uh, he's putting it out in a book. He's putting it all together. And it's kind of a riff or spinoff of his um, Instagram account, which was called Dave's True Stories. Um, and the, the announcement was made with a, an audio clip of Dave telling one of his famous stories. It's going to be released on October the 5th. Um, and I'm super into this idea. I'm definitely going to read the book. I'm excited to read a lot of these stories because we know that Dave Grohl likes to talk. He's a very talkative guy. He likes to tell a lot of stories. I have a feeling that maybe we've heard a lot of these stories already because um, lately I've gone down a little bit of a YouTube hole with Foo Fighters live shows and interviews. Um, uh, I've been just been watching everything. So I'm sure I've heard a lot of these stories already. Um, and I'm looking forward to this, but the clip that I heard of Dave reading one of these stories, and obviously I know 
he's an amazing guy. I'm, I'm, I worship Dave Grohl, but I felt like the clip was a little bit cheesy. Um, I was listening to it. I'm like, I feel like Dave Grohl might be buying into his own hype a little bit at this point um, because he knows that people really want to hear these stories and that he's got so many, but it's, you know, a lot of stories about him uh, meeting famous people and uh, doing rock star things, which of course we want to hear about, but I felt like the clip was a little bit cheesy, Dave. I don't know how you feel about this, uh, this new book, the storyteller. Yeah, it was uh, like uh, for the new book. Like, I love Dave Grohl too. I love the Foo Fighters. We like, worship him, like literally. Yeah, like they're you know he's definitely on our top top list of, of bands and, and musicians we love to talk about. But uh, I, I don't know the book. The book seems kind of in line with what he's been doing. You know what I mean? Like he he this is like of course he's gonna have a book. The guy's got documentaries and right and like you know he's making records at different spots around america like he's really embraced every avenue of being that level of a rock star so it's only a matter of time and uh you know i think he even did a book a couple years ago with his mom or something or yeah, like they did. his mom did a book with him i don't know but about, uh, way, about like, rock star moms yeah yeah like they're dealing with like you know they have great managers and stuff so like they they're gonna cash in on anything that's uh they're that they want to do and you know dave's getting older and uh, probably going to slow down touring. I, I probably a I little know. bit in his older, in his, you know. In well, he, he was touring on a throne there for a while after he broke his leg. So I don't know if anything's really going to stop him now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he'll just get, and, and like, hopefully I, like, I don't want him to stop, but you know, he might be able to slow down if he's a New York times bestselling author. It's true. So I, it's one of those things. It's the next evolution. I can't blame the guy. If I had a bunch of stories, I'd write a book too. Right. You know, I, I don't have a bunch of stories and I still might write a book. So I totally get why <laughs> why he would do it. If you're smoking pot with Paul McCartney and right. writing songs with John Lennon or John uh, Elton John, yeah, you know, you're going to write a book about it. That's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah, but for sure. And the thing with Dave Grohl is that he has this legacy um, and we're going to be talking about um, the death of Kurt Cobain coming up a little bit later in the show because that anniversary just passed. Um, but Dave Grohl comes from this rock legacy of moving through all these bands that have been hugely successful. Um, yeah. And obviously he's earned that, but yeah, it just feels a little bit like he's buying into his own hype a little bit. Uh, I don't want to knock him because he can do whatever he wants. I'm still going to read the book. I may not listen to the audio version because that seems a little bit, corny to me <laughs> but i'm still gonna buy the book i'm still gonna read the book it's just i don't know uh sometimes it gets a little bit a little bit much and with a lot of the projects that the foo fighters did um within the last decade which i still enjoyed but when you think about sonic highways or sound city or uh, even the back and forth documentary which uh we went and saw together dave 10 years ago this week do you i don't know if you remember really? that we went to go I, see the documentary in theaters together. Um, I do remember. That's crazy. It's been yeah, that long. It was 10 years ago when uh, Wasting Light came out. But uh, since then, um, there's been a lot of uh, storytelling involved in Foo Fighters music. Sonic Highways, the documentary, Sound City, uh, everything like that. I, I tend to prefer when Foo Fighters just kind of go straight and write songs that aren't necessarily based around a concept. I think that's why I like albums like wasting light and medicine at midnight more than some of their other recent stuff. So I'm excited for it, but you know, whatever, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it is what it is. Those stories got to be told, you know, it's yeah. uh, an interesting thing. Maybe they'll do something cool. Like do like an animated thing where they like bring the stories to life and, yeah. you know, a lot of people yeah. can do that. So 
maybe there'll be some tasty little side bits that come out of uh, mm-hmm. out of this whole thing. You know, hopefully. Yeah. But I'm down. I, I want to hear yeah. people's stories about David Bowie and stuff. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, there, he has some good ones about David Bowie. He tells, he tells one a lot about an email exchange that he had with David Bowie. Yeah. Where basically, basically David Bowie told him to fuck off or something, you know, yeah, like, um, I, I'm not born for this time or something. Yeah. yeah like, something like that. And that's the thing. I feel like I'm such a big Foo Fighters fan that I'm like, oh, I've heard these stories before it's old hat, you know? Yeah, sure. But it's one of those things we've been, you know, we're 25 years deep in right. liking them right and, and and being fans of nirvana so mm-hmm. it's like we we know it all it's like you know kurt and courtney the whole bit we're like well versed <laughs> in the world of nirvana yeah for sure all right well let's get on to the uh, the next uh, opening act topic and this one is is a little bit more complicated um than dave Grohl's new book this one regarding soundgarden versus vicky cornell um, we don't really like to get into the nitty gritty of any of these legal battles or, uh, or kind of tabloid controversial kind of things. But I think this is an interesting story. Um, obviously, it's been four years since the death of Chris Cornell um, and his former Soundgarden bandmates and his widow, Vicky Cornell. They've been in this heated legal battle for a couple of years now over the control of the band's uh, recordings. That was a big one that they had. They were trying to get control of the, the band's master recordings. And now they're trying to get control of the band's social media accounts. Uh, and um, Soundgarden claimed they, they want control over this, this thing. And Vicky Cornell is claiming that they're, you know, they're defaming her. And um, I'm just trying to think of who's, who's right in the situation. From my perspective, I understand that Vicky Cornell is, um is chris cornell's widow is his wife you know is his biggest confidant a huge part of his life and you know the love of his life and everything like that but i I feel for the band as well because these are the guys that made the music with chris cornell that were in the room when they were making these songs and they were building the legacy of soundgarden so i still think it's kind of unfair that they've been they've been shut out of the social media accounts and that they haven't been able to finish any of the demos that they made with chris cornell before he died um so i'm I don't know. It's a, it's a complicated situation. I'm inclined to agree with the band on this one, but I don't know what you think, Dave. I'm taking Vicky's side. Oh, give me my money. No, 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 yeah. not at all. Not at all. Um, it's yeah, it's one of those, it's a messy situation, like obviously, but as long as she's getting what would be going to him from right. his work, I think that as long as that's happening, I think that the band should be able to continue the project that he was such a part of and the band should be deciding what kind of legacy and what kind of future is for the band. That's what a band is. And uh, no matter, even, even though Vicky was with Chris for some time, she was never in Soundgarden. So you got to, you know, obviously it's a tragic loss and stuff and the band's, the band's grieving as, as well as her and her family and her kids and stuff. But I feel a little bit that she's kind of grabbing, like she's, you know, and this probably comes back to the fact that um, Chris Cornell didn't have any money Mm -hmm. before he started doing audio slave because he lost all of his money in his first divorce with uh, Susan Silver. Okay, who was, I, who was his like manager at the time too, right? Yeah, they were. She's like a huge manager. She did mm-hmm. them. She did Alice in Chains and um, Screaming Trees, I think, or mm-hmm. Sonic Youth, or one of the you know, I don't know, a bunch of people. She's a huge deal, and she like she she made off very handsomely when they divorced, like whenever that happened. So when he got with Vicky, 
he didn't have much money and he did the audio slave thing and then it, it kind of picked up again and then they redid Soundgarden. But so I feel a little bit like Vicky got a taste of the good life and she's having a hard time just kind of stepping back and not getting the paychecks that were coming in when her husband was selling out amphitheaters and, and arenas anymore. Right. So it's sad because obviously you want people to be taken care of, but I feel like, you know, someone who's in a creative um, alliance with people that it's sad that she's k- keeping these, like these things ransom pretty much, which yeah. is not cool. It's, it's not a cool move. It's not, it doesn't look good on her. And as for her saying that the band is, you know, it's slanderous or whatever i you know if this is a this is a project for 30 plus years for these guys and their livelihood like mm-hmm. so it's tragic but like these guys want to keep making music and making the most out of what was their project and as long as chris's portion is going to her i really don't see what what the problem is like just keep the yeah. train rolling like you're not doing anybody any favors by by stopping the train and making everybody get off you know it's not yeah. good yeah and obviously we don't we don't know everything behind the scenes but it just seems unnecessary to keep going through these these legal battles again yeah. you know we're looking at it from an outsider's perspective but as soundgarden fans it would be nice uh to hear them complete the record that they did with chris cornell yeah. i know it you know it wasn't a full record um there might have been more demos involved in an actual finished product but I think we would still like to hear that as Soundgarden fans. When they put out King Animal in 2012, when they got back together after however many years apart, um, that record was so good and it was so on the money. Uh, And when they released it, Soundgarden was back in such a huge way. And then Chris Cornell's solo work as well over the last decade or so was fantastic. And obviously his his death was a huge blow and a huge uh, tragedy in the rock world. Um, and I think as fans, we just want to hear the music. We, you know, we, we would hate to see that music unreleased and not put on the table because we know that it's, it's gotta be good. And, you know, uh, there's only so much Chris Cornell, uh, music in the vault, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Right. On that tour and stuff, I I got to go to, uh, like a sound check on on that tour. And, uh, it was, it was interesting to me because I always had this like notion of what Chris Cornell was, you know, kind of this like quiet, like, you know, leave me alone kind of rock star guy. And he legit came out for soundcheck and poured everyone that was hanging out glasses of wine. Nice. And was like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, he had, I have a different, you know, I have a different love for that band from different levels, just right. a, a great band. And it would be a shame that if he goes out that way and then the band goes out that way too um so yeah we'll see what happens though it's just a, it's a messy situation that i'm glad i'm not a part of right yeah we're looking at it as, as outsiders i was listening to um live to rise from the avenger soundtrack do you remember that one that was the one that came out before yeah. king animal um yeah. uh and it just made me love soundgarden even more just to Great remember man. how much i love that tune and all their classics and then king animal songs like by crooked steps that was good been away too long um that record is incredible um so i suppose if that is the last we're going to hear from soundgarden that's a good way for them to go out so yeah hey man they were putting out good stuff to the end so that's that's, <laughs> that's always a good thing 
for sure. Any of their music is a gift. Um, And let's move on to the final opening act for this week. And I'd hate to move from tragedy to tragedy. I didn't really realize that when I was prepping the show today. Um, But this week was the anniversary of the deaths of Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley. Um, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana, Lane Staley of uh, of Alice in Chains. Kurt Cobain passed away on April the 5th in 1994. We lost Lane Staley in 2002. Um, And their musical impact is still hugely felt in 2021. I was talking about, you know, going down YouTube holes earlier, and I have been going down a Nirvana YouTube hole lately, watching live clips, watching interviews with Kurt, um, reading more about the recordings of their songs, watching stuff with Butch Vig going through producing Nevermind, which has been, it's just been a lot of fun. I didn't realize that we were coming up on the anniversary of Kurt's death. Um, I just was kind of going into a little bit of a, of a Nirvana phase uh, that I hadn't been in for a while. Um, and the music is still incredible. The songwriting is still incredible. Lane Staley, obviously as well, um, a huge legacy. And it's kind of strange because, you know, Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley died on the same day, um, you know, that many years apart. But, you know, then we lost Chris Cornell and Scott Weiland in the 2000s. And that felt kind of like um, a, a delayed thing. It felt like we were losing all of our 90s grunge rock heroes. When I think about them, I think maybe Eddie Vedder is the only one that is still with us. When you think about that initial group of of uh, huge Seattle uh, grunge bands that came out in the early nineties. So it's just a crazy legacy that Kurt Cobain left in, in Lane Staley. I'm more of a Nirvana guy than an Allison Chains um, guy. I love them both, but um, w- what are you thinking about on their anniversary of their deaths, Dave? I, I kind of do the same thing as you, man. Like, you know, every year at around this time, I end up in a Nirvana bowl where I'm watching, you know, them at a festival in Europe or, you know, yeah. watching, you know, it's just, you, you end, like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, it almost calls you every year. Um, I always throw on um, Unplugged in New York in the springtime too, for some reason. It's like, it's yeah, something about that album that it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's very bizarre. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, it's sad, man. You know, the two, two troubled souls that had so much talent and uh, obviously gone too soon. Right. But I don't know. It's um this is really like the saddest podcast we've done yet. <laughs> I know. I didn't realize that it would be like that. It's but... so morbid. It's like one after another. Well, you know, it was, it was such a big thing that I was reading in, um, no, you know, just... in my Twitter feed yesterday. Everybody was talking about Kurt and was talking about Lane. Um, with with Nirvana, um, with Kurt, I was remembering when I was watching all these videos on YouTube of the concerts and stuff. Is that? We often think about his, you know, he was a moody guy. He was a depressed guy. He had a lot of issues with drug, drug abuse and that kind of thing as well. But his musicality, you know, I'm trying to think about who he was as a musician and how he approached songwriting. Obviously, he had an incredible knack for melody. He, he was an amazing lyricist. Um, but just trying to think about what inspired him and, you know, that he was a guy who still liked to write songs and still make music. Um you know, outside of this kind of uh, huge persona that was thrust upon him uh, early in those days. And I was watching a video of them playing Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time live. Um, And he was doing the melody of the song a little bit differently. There was different lyrics. um, And it made me think about, you know, how we approach writing songs and how sometimes, you know, that first time you play a song live is not the one that um, ends up being that huge hit, but that seed was still there. They played it 
And, you know, you got to wonder what it must have been like for somebody in the audience at that show to hear Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time before anybody had ever heard it on the radio or became this massive hit. You know, you're sitting at a club watching, you know, oh, I'm kind of a Nirvana fan. And they play this song that is literally going to change everything. And when you listen to it now, it doesn't seem as revolutionary as it did then, but it was. It was this huge thing. Yeah, like that's, you know, that's the thing. Like you kind of forget, like I said, I saw it too. I was like, wow, it's almost 30 years since he's, since he's been gone. So it's so bizarre that like, like to think of how much has come out of that situation and like just how the, the, the terrain has changed so drastically in music uh, since then. Like I always think like, what would they think about yeah. that? You know, like Lane's a little more recent, but like, like hurt for sure like being that type of an artist where you're you know you're so you're such an artist and every element like art lyrics and playing and, and just having that that vision of what you want not not compromising you know which is right. not something that happens a lot any any time in music nowadays you know yeah um what they would think of how things are you know what they would think of the Foo Fighters doing a Super Bowl right well like what like what like like where do you where do you draw like would they would they be happy and like con- congratulate them or would it be like that's lame yeah. where do they stand on that <laughs> right because as society we've just accepted that's what it is then yeah because there aren't those anti people anymore like those people are so like so far gone that it's like you know so yeah it's interesting it's really sad but um both of them put out some amazing art that will live on for at least the next six months. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's great. And I'm happy that I got to experience those bands and, yeah. and you know, without that, there would be no, there'd be no Foo Fighters and, um, and without, you know, Lane, there'd be no new um, Allison Jigs. It's just, you know, it's just sad. Yeah. It's always, it's always sad when you talk about guys that had so much potential to do, like, where would we be with them with solo records? And like, yeah, who knows, you know, who knows what would happen? Yeah, I think it would. I think Kurt would have slowed down a little bit because obviously fame and the, you know, the huge impact of Nirvana weighed on him a lot. I feel like he should have taken a break. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. obviously they were they, they were on a huge, uh, a huge um, upward swing when, when Nevermind came out, when Utero came out. So, uh, but who knows? And I think, you know, they'd probably, they'd be complaining about, about Spotify, just like the rest of us and how there's no money involved. We would probably be reading that Kurt Cobain sold his entire song catalog for, you know, $300 million uh, instead yeah, of the, right? uh, like just getting out of the returns. Game. So quick, uh, what's your favorite uh, Nirvana song? Hmm. I would say I'm going to go with In Bloom because I was driving to work today with that song cranking and it kicks so much ass. I love the vocals on that song. Dave Grohl does some really cool harmonies on it. Um, so yeah, In Bloom, how about you? Um, mine's like, I got a few. I, I like, um, I think it's a cover though. I'm really into, I was listening the other day to Love Buzz. Okay, yeah. On, on Bleach. I think it's a cover though. I, I so, think so, but yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a cover, right? So if it wasn't Love Buzz, I don't know, like Heart Shade Box is always a good one. Yep, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, love it. They're just great. Um, like uh, "Scentless Apprentice" was a good one on in, in utero. "Serve the Servants" is a good one. Uh, what about Allison Chains? I don't know. "Rooster." 
Rooster. For classic oh, Alice in Chains, I would go with Rooster, but I'm a huge fan of, of newer Alice in Chains. And they're uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah like uh, Trick My like, Brain, um, oh, The Devil man. Put Dinosaurs Here. They yeah, still, they still, yeah. they still really sound great. Now they're their new singer. He does sound like Lane, but he's fantastic. Yeah, and Jerry Cantrell's awesome too. So oh, that's, that's, that's of it. course. Goes without saying. All right. Well, let's <laughs> move off the unintended uh, depressing topics of our opening acts and get to this week's headliner. And I was saying earlier that this is a a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a while. This is pretty much the reason why I wanted to start a podcast was so we could rant about this topic in particular. And that is the notion that rock is dead and that there aren't any new bands anymore. And the reason we're talking about this is because I keep reading articles about musicians, namely Gene Simmons, Adam Levine, Adam Levine and now Chris Jericho, wrestler slash Fozzie <laughs> band member. Um, and they're all like, there aren't any new bands anymore, man. Like rock is dead. Uh, and the only person who was talking back against this was Black Sabbath's Tony Iommi, who says, yes, rock is alive. It's alive and well. Um, and I wanted to talk about this rock is dead myth because it drives me crazy. And this whole thing about there's no bands out there, which is absolute bullshit because we're in a band, Dave. We know how many people that are in bands all over the place. I'm just yep. going to run down a bunch of bands. And obviously this comes with the, the kind of the asterisks that I agree that within the last 20 years that maybe there hasn't been those huge rock band names that become as big as the Beatles or the Stones or Led Zeppelin, but there are still tons of bands. So Biffy Clyro, Royal Blood, Haim, Best Coast, The Struts, Tame Impala, Waves, Don Broco, Seaway, Nova Twins, Rival Sons, Arkells, um, Dinosaur Pileup, Arctic Monkeys, Band of Skulls, Greta Van Fleet, Blossoms, Bring Me the Horizon, Catfish and the Bottle Men, Coheed and Cambria, The Kooks, Dango Jones, Nothing But Thieves, The Pretty Reckless, uh, Wolf Mother, Stand Atlantic. I'm, I'm just listing a couple of bands that I had off the top of my head. Obviously, sure. there's many, 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 many more out there. But sure. I think the, um, the main thing to be taken away here is that there are so many great rock bands nowadays I, sure. I have a hard time when people say that there's no great bands out there because we listen to them every day. We see them live. We follow them on social media. Um, again, the way that the music industry operates and has operated for the last 20 years is that a lot of these bands can't reach the level of um, those huge bands. Even from the 90s, when you think about Pearl Jam or Soundgarden or Radiohead or Oasis or the Pumpkins or any of those big 90s bands it's really hard for bands to make an impact nowadays in that same regard because um the industry just isn't able to support it like that pop music has always been you know a huge dominant force in 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 the music industry so i don't really think it's pop music's fault i just think you need to dig a little bit deeper to find great rock bands because they're everywhere what do you think dave uh yeah i agree man like i think that uh you know, we, like we talk about this all the time that like some of our favorite bands of all time, we've we've discovered in the last 10 to eight years, you know, yeah. like we come across bands that we have four albums that we've never even heard. And then we catch it on like the fifth album and we're like, oh, this band's fantastic. Oh, look at all these other amazing pieces of art they put out. 
over the years. Right. And yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, of course, these guys, of course, Gene Simmons doesn't know. But he was saying, going on. yeah, but he's saying that, like, that, that Good Rock stopped in 1988. So that's, com- that's completely false because then we're discounting the 90s. If anything, the 90s was that last great decade of traditional yeah. radio rock bands. So you can't say that it died in the, it, rock died a little bit in the eighties because of like really bad hair metal, but it came back in the nineties and continued from there. Yeah. And I, I, I like, yeah, I totally agree. I think that you can't skip over the nineties and shit, but these guys, like I said, they're out of touch, man. These are dinosaurs. These are old men. These yeah. are old men. Like, like, you know, yeah. we're, we're surprised. Like sometimes I know that we've gone to see bands uh, that are coming in from out of town in Toronto or different markets together. Right. And, we're, you know, we're going a Tuesday night and we're expecting it to be, you know, 50 people with band girlfriends and a couple, you know, a couple publicist people. And we show up and there's 350 kids at 730 on a Tuesday right. ready to see the band exactly. that came from out of town. So to me, as someone who's been playing music for 20 years and putting on shows, or that's very, that's very much a lot. That's a very much if you can start pulling out hundreds of kids. When you when you draw into a city um, playing rock and roll, I think the problem lies and where the confusion happens is that rock has evolved so much. There's there's elements of rock in everything. There's elements of rock in pop. There's elements of rock in hip hop. It's like you know it's yeah. so saturated. It's rock is so spread out now. Yeah. That if you're talking about grown men that dress up with paint on their face and walk around like they're from demons from outer space right yeah there's few and far between but that being said there's bands like slipknot like you can find a couple bands that are two three generations removed from these heavy metal icons now are they respected and revered the same way as black sabbath or an aerosmith and stuff not yet but they will be so, like, you know what I mean? Like, the people that were into it in high school were into Slipknot Corn and, and all these things. Like, those bands are going to have a resurgence when, like, we're like we're in our mid-30s. So, in our 40s and our 50s, mm-hmm. those guys are still doing shows at Darien Lake. People are going to go see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can't. So yeah, I you can't say that rock is dead for, for yeah. people that listen to it on a daily basis, right? No, and I think there's a lot of people, like, there's, and you know country even like you think about how country has turned like it went from being like new country started out being kind of like pop hip-hop style country like kind of and now it's evolved back into like guys that play electric guitars and have riffs and like it's so you know like the country now is even like a hybrid of rock so it's like this it's to say it's dead is a very is a very naive yeah and uh old, old time guy i'm glad that uh tony's standing up for it though yeah you know, like, that's good but he's like these guys are idiots they don't know what they're yeah about. and there yeah there aren't those huge monolithic bands because i don't really think the industry can support those you know those huge bands anymore um back sure. then it was something different right and now you, rock music is competing with so many other things all the time um, that, uh, that it's tough to, you know, get those huge names like there used to be, but that doesn't mean there's any shortage of, uh, of good music. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very interesting, like, uh, to, to just write off a whole genre 
is kind of crazy, especially since everything is like kind of based around it, I think. Like you can't get away from it in every aspect of every genre. So, and even like technique, like even production technique now, mm -hmm. like there's, there, you know, like there's lots of artists that like, you look at hip hop guys like uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who, right. you know, is now he's putting out punk records. So mm -hmm. like, you know, and punk's a part of rock. Like it's all, it's all this, like it all ties in and there's all, it's a big mishmash of tree roots when you get that deep into it. So yeah. I don't know, man. And if you look at it that way, like if you, if you count, I know people might get mad at this, but if you count one of the, like the, like a Kelly Clarkson song as a rock song, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I know it's a pop song, but like it's yeah. a pop rock song when there's dirty guitars and big drums and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it, you know, it's not my taste, but if you were to count those, it's doing good. Like Pink does well with doing right. rock stuff. There's yep. lots of like pop people that double down on the, the rock vibe. Like Machine Gun Kelly just put out a punk record. Travis it's Martin, a good record like, too. Yeah, it's a, like, yeah, it's so a solid it's like, record. So it's like, you know, there's just different levels of the, like rock is so spread out. It's so, and you know, it isn't the Sabbath, you know, there's not a lot of bands that that look like Sabbath and there's not a lot of, and you know, we're well, pretty you know, of bands there is. that do so. You know, but we talk about, you know, I listed those bands earlier. Um, a band like the Struts has an old school um, kind of feel to them, right? Or a band like um, uh, Rival Sons. They sure. still have that, that classic rock feel to them. And there you go. Even if you say rock is dead or it doesn't have a classic rock sound, there are bands that still cater to, sure. you know, Greta Van Fleet. They still cater to classic rock fans because that's still part of the equation. It just sure. doesn't make up the whole thing. And it might depend on where you get your music as well, because when I was working in radio, it was a lot of perpetuating those huge rock myths like ACDC and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, yeah. which of course, these are the huge monoliths of rock. Um, but even 90s rock now is classic rock. It's 2021. Sure. So to still be clinging to those old, um, notions of what rock music is or who should play rock music or how it should be played. Uh, it, it doesn't feel right to me. Um, and if you're listening to the radio, you're still getting that, that kind of one way street of rock music. So if you really want to discover more music, you have to get outside of that, that ecosphere. You have to stop listening to the radio. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and just, you know, follow your heart to great yeah. music because it's everywhere. Um, and there are plenty of bands out there, not necessarily even the big bands that we're talking about, but independent bands everywhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we know everywhere. so many bands everywhere that yeah. would love your fandom. So if you're looking for rock, if you're one of those people who says rock is dead and that there are no bands out there, look a little bit deeper because they're everywhere and they would appreciate your support. <laughs> sure like and there's there's lots of bands that have been have had like success in the last little while that are like essentially rock bands that people have have been behind and have been going yeah. to flock to and like uh like portugal the man or, yeah like, poor kids there's like all these there's all these levels of bands that are out there where like albums and albums of material of really good songs yeah. that maybe didn't get the love in your country or your area and now they're just they're just out they're 10 years old now but 
There's solid songs, solid songwriting, great live bands. And I think you just got to dig deep. You know, it's great with, with um, streaming platforms is like the suggested or recommended feature. Right. You know, it's easy to, it's easier to fall into like a, a, um, a tunnel that you know and that you're kind of into. So, and I know we both like that feature too because we both found bands and sent each other text messages like, yeah. oh my God, I just found this band. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, will occasionally listen to bands where I'm like, no, that that is definitely not my thing. Uh, but then, through discovery you discover a lot of stuff like don broco just popped up sure. in my feed one day uh and now they're one of my favorite bands same with biffy same with a lot of bands you see them pop up and you you take a chance you click and you know you go down the rabbit hole then you're 25 songs in and you haven't skipped one exactly. you know and it's like there you go you you know you've met your yeah for sure well I think we can agree that rock is not dead. There are plenty of great bands out there and that Gene Simmons, Adam Levine, and uh, Chris Jericho, so disappointing for Chris Jericho. Not that I have some great respect for Chris Jericho, but so disappointing that he would say that. He, he, he's basically throwing his own band under the bus. Listen, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, needs to shut his mouth, okay? <laughs> no, I just, I love Chris Jericho. Is, I that, don't a, is that a challenge? He, he are plays- you going to take him on in the ring? I'll, I'll cut a promo right now, Nick. Don't you get me started. <laughs> That'll um, be the I'm headline of this bummer. video. Forget everything else. No, Chris, Chris Jericho, um, you know, he's he's one of those people, though. Like, he's had success in everything he does. So, right. um, you know, I'm not surprised that 50-year-old pro wrestler Chris Jericho, who plays in a hard rock 50-year-old band, doesn't know what's up and coming. Like I'm not yeah. surprised. Like just like Gene Simmons. Like they're just a little bit too far out to know. What about Adam Levine though? He's young. He's hip. Oh, don't get me started on Adam Levine. He takes know. his shirt off. It looks good. That makes he's him an expert, a, right? He's a studly man. I'll give him that. He's a studly man. Yeah. But uh, everyone but knows know that that his daddy got him where he is. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna Keenan Thompson. It. I'm gonna say. Put it out there. Yeah. Can't be held accountable for anything. So, and I, I'm, I don't even mind Maroon 5, right? That's Maroon 5, right? I like early Maroon 5, the first record, sure. Harder to Breathe. Sure. That's a solid track. Yeah. There's some, there is some stuff that rocks in Maroon 5. Not all of it, but there is some stuff that rocks. You, re- you really want to, you really want to say that on the podcast that Maroon 5 rocks? There's, there's a great cover of Nine Inch Nails. They do a great cover of Nine Inch Nails that rock. Which one? And uh, which song? Closer? Um, uh, yes. Really? Yeah. They do. Interesting. It's like stripped down. It's really cool. It's not creepy? I, I recommend that. That's going to be my first recommendation at the end of the show. Are, the, are the, all the F-bombs in there? Uh, all of it. It's still there. Okay, good. I would feel like they would censor that because we can't uh, say no, the F word. It, like, it was like, I think it was at like a radio station thing too, but it wasn't on air. It was like they oh. made it as like, the beat. like, okay, this is our single and then this right. is like our cover but the cover's amazing and i have it i have it on playlists forever because it's yeah. like people are always like who is who's this who and, is it uh, and it's like oh this is maroon, this is maroon five and like, what so they, rocks, that's they them yeah yeah and the guy's a stud no one's gonna deny yeah. that, that guy's a stud come on well, yeah he's a good looking guy but he's dumb he's dumb dummy for thinking that they're no bands he's in a band doesn't you notice that there's other people around him playing you, the people playing instruments around you, Adam Levine? That's called a band. Yeah, put your shirt on. 
Put yeah. your shirt on, Adam. Put your damn shirt on. Shut up. Anyway. Nobody wants to see your defined chest and your perfect stomach and yeah. your perfect tattoos. No one wants that. Yeah. Okay? Some but do. Anyway. Maybe sometime, but not right now. Anyway. I'll tell you what doesn't rock. That. Right? <laughs> well that that is the end of that subject rock is not dead plenty of good bands out there go listen to them uh that is the headliner topic for this week we're going to wrap things up with our tracks of the week dave do you want to go first for the tracks of the week what have you been listening to okay so i've been uh over the quarantine i've been watching a lot of uh, what danko jones has been up to he's the man uh, i know you're you love danko jones and uh we've been fans of danko jones forever and uh, they have a new record coming out called Power Trio. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but it's it's coming out. It comes out in August. From that is it August? The first August. single from that is uh, I Want Out. So I think everybody should go check out I Want Out. It's uh, very Danko. It hits all those elements if you're into, you know. I, you know what I love about Danko? I feel like they've they've they're kind of my Thin Lizzy. Yeah. You know, they're like they're like my Thin Lizzy, like. I, I turn to them when I want a thin Lizzie mood. The mm-hmm. the you know writing songs that are storytelling songs about about girls and broken hearts and mm-hmm. you know hanging with the boys and stuff. I think yeah. it's awesome. I, I've always liked Danko Jones. And we're talking about Foo Fighters, right? Telling stories. Danko Jones tells a lot of stories on his Instagram. He's definitely worth a follow. Yeah, yeah and he's he's uh you know he's been standing up for all the right things over the last oh yeah months too good dude and, yeah uh, you know he's he's been putting a lot of people a lot of uh, flat earthers and anti-vaxxers and stuff in their place and he's yeah. really uh you know he's really standing up for what's right in his community and doing what's good so go check that out yeah my my song is danko jones um the song's called i want out go check it out right on love danko jones yeah that new record power trio comes out in august so definitely we'll be talking about that as we get closer to it um my track i got i always cheat we should change it to tracks of the week so we can cheat more often um but we were talking about this the other day. Uh, Mammoth WVH, Wolfgang Van Halen, um, uh, You're to Blame, uh, which is awesome. It's a great track. I didn't know that Wolfgang Van Halen, I know he played bass in Van Halen, um, but I wasn't aware how talented this guy was. I sent you that video the other day. He was doing a video for another song where he kind of played all different versions of himself jamming out in the jam room, which was hilarious. Um, but who knew this guy was so good? Yeah, man. I guess you know he's got uh, he's got a good lineage behind him, and uh, it's uh, I, I actually f- fell into it a couple months ago. I think he did an interview with Bill Burr, right. Bill Burr's podcast, and uh, yeah, he's you know he's, he sounds like a smart kid, and he definitely has the background behind him to you know when you're playing with Van Halen at sixteen or seventeen or whatever it was. It's awesome, man. And it's not, it's surprising, but it's not at the same time. Like when you hear it, it's just so what, what you would expect from that right. situation but yeah. in the best way possible. Like there's no real, like I've listened to, I've listened to a bunch of the songs uh, over the last little bit and it's awesome. It's a super cool project, super rocky. It's, it's a rock and roll band, very much yeah. alive and living. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, We're talking about bands, you know, you know, and it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's not him doing finger taps like his dad. It's not him trying to be like, an it's very modern rock. Even. It's modern rock, man. It could, he could easily be on a bill with, you know, Royal Blood or any, exactly. any band like that, any big rock riff band that, uh, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Like thumbs up. I agree. It's a great fucking song. Yeah. The latest one from Wolfgang Van Halen. I think that comes out 
the record comes out, I want to say May or June, but looking forward to that one. Um, and then my other track of the week was one of my favorite bands uh, from uh, from California, uh, from uh, from Waves, their new song, Sinking Feeling. It's been a couple of years cool. since they put out a new track. Their last record was um, You're Welcome in 2017. Uh, but Nathan Williams of Waves, they're my favorite California stoner rock band. Um, and this song's a little bit more chill than we're used to from uh, from Waves, but it's fantastic. It's a good uh, it's a good stoner song. Uh, so that is that is one of my tracks of the week as well. Waves, sinking feeling, um, excited. I don't know if this is going to be from a new record, but for an individual track, I dug it. Oh, cool! I'll check it out. I don't know if I know that one. Yeah, check it out, Dave. And that is the end of our Rock Squad podcast. That's it. Yeah, that's it for this week. And uh, let's uh, let's thank everybody for watching and listening. Um, yeah, we're on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. There is an audio version of the podcast that is being distributed as we speak. We are on Spotify right now. We're on Google Podcasts. I think Apple Podcasts is coming up soon. Uh, still waiting for that one to go through. So, But there are many ways for everybody to enjoy the podcast, whether that be here on YouTube and on, uh, and on, uh, on uh, the audio version as well. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Rock Squad Pod. And where can the folks follow you, Dave? Uh, I'm Red Coast Records on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on all of those. Also, remember to go down and like this video if you've hung out with us all night and subscribe to our channel so that you're notified when we have more videos. There's always stuff for brewing. Make sure you write a review. Happy to hear from you. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Rock on, man. Rock on, Dave. You can follow me at The Walking Nick. And uh, that'll be it for, for this week's show. I want to thank everybody for, for watching. And make sure to check out our band. We're called Fool's Union. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, foolsunion.com. Uh, check it out. We'll see you guys later. See ya.